The Visibility Project is about story. Recognizing that everyone has had a different lived experience during the pandemic, we wanted to hear yours. The good, the bad, the challenges, the triumphs. In a series of podcasts, we will hear from our listeners who answered the questions, what has the pandemic been like for you? And what do you hope we learned during the pandemic? What has the pandemic been like for me? Well, in February of 2020, my husband was having some heart issues at the time. Uh, My daughter was six months pregnant with our first grandchild and living in Chicago. And our son was living at home as a junior in high school. And um, we were just kicking off this visibility project. And I was highly engaged with Midland Public Schools uh, Board of Education just began running Midland Kids First. And I give you that background because it's important to understand kind of all of the things that were happening when we first heard news of this health crisis back in February. And it was, it was a month after that, it was in March where, when the World Health Organization uh, declared this a real health crisis. And I remember the fear Fear is what I remember mostly throughout this whole pandemic. And, you know, we watched as death tolls rose, uh, people we knew were impacted. We had a friend's brother-in-law that was refing a small high school basketball game that contracted uh, COVID with two other referees and he lost his life and he was athletic. He was our age. He was healthy. And it just really, it, it created a fear within us. And, and as, as this is happening, I'm putting on a hat of, you know, how do we care for our educators? How do we care for our students? What about kids with special needs? What about those kids? Um, that have been dealing with abuse and neglect. And my mind was just going in so many different directions. And I just remember how frightening it was. And it was emotional. Um, The talk was constant chatter about COVID. The news was constant news. And and every person you talk to, that's, that's the topic of the conversation for well over a year. What I realized is, uh, the, the fear that I was feeling was because of these vivid stories that I had created in my head from, you know, actual news and, and what was happening. But then, you know, I would create these vivid stories that would just bring on more fear. And I had to t- stop and really look at the science of it all. And for me, when, uh, when I start looking at data and information. It just helps me kind of put things in perspective. I started looking at this more uh, from a a scientific modality as opposed to a story or emotional. And that's when it it really helped me uh, focus on, um, you know, making decisions that I felt were right for the school district that were right for kids that were uh, struggling with severe emotional disturbance for just kids in in tough situations. Once I put that in perspective, it was easier to move 
forward in a positive direction. I remember, you know, there were a lot of uh, social media is very big in our time. And, and I remember one post, someone posted about World War II and how, you know, we called our pandemic so horrifying. Yet, you know, we were in the warmth and comfort of our own home with our families around us, where, you know, some tragedies in the past, like people sent off to war were uh, was a, a totally different situation and it, and it kind of brought understanding to that. I remember a lot about the governor's mandates and the school closures and how many times we had to pivot. Yeah, we would uh, have to close school for a week or two weeks and then we would get another notice that we were going to close for the rest of the year and then there's questions around what's the following year going to be and we talked a lot about personal protection and, you know, how to keep kids safe, death shields and masks and, and uh, sanit hand sanitizing stations and temperature scanning stations. And it was, we were just moving uh, as quickly as we could to make decisions to, to keep students and, and staff um, at the public schools anyway, as safe as possible. And you'd think all of this was enough to be its own tragedy. And then in May, Midland experienced this huge flood event. And it was like a perfect storm. Here we're dealing with COVID and the, the Sanford Dam and the Wixom Dams break down and Midland is now flooded with water. And we have uh, many residents displaced. We have an emergency shelter at Midland High. At the time, I was up north at our cottage in, in our little safe haven. And I was trying to protect myself because we have a new grandson. Our first grandson was going to be born in Chicago. And I really wanted to be there with my daughter and, and to help out with the baby. So in order to do this, I had to stay away from people. But then all of this is happening in Midland, a town that I love. And I just felt a compelling need to to do what I could to help. I wish I, I could have been there, but um, I tried to help virtually as much as I could. I remember I posted that first night um, on Facebook that we had over a hundred residents, older adults at Midland High and, and the staff, uh, the administration was helping them the best they could, but they needed food, they needed water, they needed blankets, they needed towels and they needed respite someone to help them out the next day. And I went to bed, it was after 10 o'clock that night, when I woke up, that Facebook post had been shared over 500 times. And from what I heard was there was just a, um, a lineup of Midland residents that were coming and dropping off food and blankets and towels and, and stopping to help. And I, I had police officers calling to to say they wanted to volunteer. I had nurses calling to say they wanted to volunteer. So it was, to me, it was probably the most precious time of this whole pandemic because I truly felt that, that there was so much care and compassion and people that um, just kind of looked past. We, we were still safe and masking and all that, but, but people were there for those who were struggling. And to me, that was just, just huge. Then we had the, um, the vaccine rollout, which um, 
for our family, it was kind of an emotional thing because we couldn't see our, our mother-in-law. We couldn't see older adults. My husband with his heart issues was concerned about his health and, um, and getting that vaccine for, for my mother-in-law and for my husband, for them, it was just a huge relief. Like, okay, now they have this much protect, this much more protection. What I've learned from or during the pandemic is um, that fear is a story that we have control of. And we can look at that story in many ways. But if we look at our story in a scientific mindset and get curious about it, then it's much easier and more joyful to move through the struggles. Uh, I've learned a lot of things through the pandemic about flexibility, about working virtual. One of the first things I did was purchase Zoom, which allowed me to have virtual meetings, which I use to this day, and it's been wonderful. The accessibility of major speakers has been amazing to me. Now I can be in my home and I can access a church service from anywhere in the world because everyone's everyone's virtual now. I can listen to, you know, Nobel Prize winners. I can listen to authors of books and I don't even have to live leave my home. So those are some of the things that that I, I just think are gifts for that really uh, this time has moved us toward. And I hope we don't um, go backwards in those areas. Another thing I learned is relationships matter. So my son was a junior in high school and his baseball season was canceled and, and you know, his school, his social environment was, was canceled. And pretty soon he was all alone. We were, we had each other in our home, but, um, just uh, he didn't have those relationships in his lives. And I fear for those people who hadn't had, who don't have those connections. And I think my takeaway moving forward is pandemic or not, loneliness is real and isolation is real and we can help. I can do more to reach out to single neighbors who don't have people in their lives and just check in and go for a walk or have a conversation. I think if our community can do the same, it just is going to make us stronger all the way around. Nature and exercise had become essential to get through all of this. I tried to get outside as much as I possibly could, and, and that's when I could breathe deep and find relaxation. And the, I guess the final thing that I would say is when the flood water waters rolled in and the, and the, uh, the pandemic was in high devastation mode, I would say at that point, when the flood waters came in, the politics didn't matter. People were helping people. It was all about loving and caring for your neighbor. And there was an energy and a vibe that was felt throughout all of Midland. But now as the pandemic has worn on and we're past the flood event, I feel more uh, divisiveness and negativity and politics coming into it. And um, my hope is that we can just learn from kind of where we've been and find um, the things we have in common and, uh, and really create energy around helping our community become stronger and a more welcoming place. 
You can stay connected with The Visibility Project by subscribing, liking, and sharing on your favorite podcasting and social apps. Look for us at The Visibility PRJ. Financial support is needed to keep the conversation going. Go to midlandfoundation.org slash give and select the Cultural Awareness Coalition Endowment Fund to be part of the project. Note podcast in your donation notes. Thank you for listening. We see you. We hear you. And together, we are making a difference.